Court of Femme. This is Tiana speaking, and I'm here with Melinda. Hey. It's good to have everyone back. We are diving back into the four agreements. This is our second episode, and we are talking about the second agreement, which is do not take anything personally. Oof. <laughs> so this book is by um, Don Miguel Ruiz, and the second agreement says simply, nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of endless suffering. And so that's don't take anything personally. And we're about to dive into that. So welcome back. Yeah. Okay. So we did number one, which was be impeccable with your word. And that was about speaking with integrity. That's easy, right? Like that's lighthearted. That's kind of just a... Okay, yeah, I'm going to keep striving for that. Yeah. This one. <laughs> we both laugh. <laughs> yeah. This one is my toughest one to keep because mm-hmm. this, I mean, this tackles so many different things of not taking, it, it really says in the chapter, do not take anything in italics. Don't take anything personally, anything. good or bad, because whatever someone says is a projection of their own reality, not your own. So the only, you know, you can't take anything personally. If you, if you, someone says that you're a good person, you already know that you're a good person. So you know that within your heart, you can, you don't have to take it personally that that person said that. Yes. Pat on the back. That feels great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just a projection of their own reality. That is because of them. They said that they agreed to that. Right. You know, which it's easy to think about it in terms of don't take harsh things or cruel things personally. But he's even talking about the good things, the positive things, mm-hmm. because those can also be fuel for the ego. Um, a lo- have you ever had this, like where you have a friend where you know that they always say these things because it feels good to them to say it. It feels good to say something for to someone and get the response back of, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. Oh, you're so kind. And yeah, I'm guilty of that. You know, I, yeah. I, I struggle deeply with the need for acceptance and fear of rejection and abandonment and things like that. So, you know, when I hear good things, I my number one love language is word of affirmations. Mm-hmm. So it does, you know, unfortunately, that is something I struggle with. I want that little ego boost. Like, yeah, you're a kind person. You, you compliment me a lot. That feels good. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let me tell you, too. Um, Michael was sharing with me his perspective about this one. In the light of a positive, when he was in college, there were these guys who were seniors in college. He was a sophomore, you know, baseball players. They're all trying to be, you know, they're all in a club kind of a thing. But these older upperclassmen, when he would walk into the class, they would say, there he is. And he'd smile, right? Like, there he is. There's the guy. There's that guy. And it was all this cool thing. And then like 15 minutes later, someone else would walk in who he knew that they didn't like, and they'd say the same thing. There he is. And it was feeding them in this really weird way that he realized he wasn't special, and it was really a joke to get a reaction from him. And he's like, dude, I hate that (laughs) when people do that. That's so insincere. It feeds something. Yeah. It feeds their ego. Yeah. Because they're, they're feeling good about themselves for doing the good deed, making trying to make someone else feel good, which is yeah. so unfair. I, That's so unfair. <laughs> so you and I have talked, of course, me and Tiana have talked about this endlessly because this is that one 
agreement that we both struggle with. And it's never going to be something where you just arrive and you're like, oh, I'm finally free of taking things personally. No, Mm -hmm. it actually continues to happen throughout your life. It just shows up in different ways. It's like yoga. It's a practice. You get better at identifying it and acknowledging like, hmm, why is this hitting me in such a strange way? But man, this is a tough one. It's really tough. Yeah, this one's heavy. Which, um, the, this morning I was reading it again and the thing that, so, you know, every time you read this book, something Mm. different pops out to you. Mm -hmm. Something that your psych is like, pay attention to this one. Right now, at this point in your life. Right. This season of who you are needs to pay attention to this. So the thing that popped out to me was don't take anything personally, including the things that you tell yourself. Ooh. And Self-talk. this yeah. one's heavy for me too, because I, you know, when you get, are receiving compliments from people, you believe what they say. Mm-hmm. And in the other sense, if someone tells you that you're fat, he uses that example in this book, you're going to believe what they say. And then you're going to start telling yourself that mm. and you're agreeing to that fact that you're fat or you're beautiful or you're whatever it is. Right. You know? Right. And that's the hardest one for me because I... I trust everybody. I believe everything that they say. And when people are saying things about me, I'm like, okay, that's exactly who I am then. Who you see of me is who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's not right. That's not who I believe myself to be, who I want to be and strive to be. That's who I am. That's my reality. And that's it, period. Yeah. You know? So I have to decipher and sit down with myself and take the time to dissect my own thoughts and think, is this something that I agreed to that someone else told me or is this true? Is this my truth? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I used to um, pay a lot of attention to people's facial expressions when I was talking to them. You know, I worked in a salon for many years. And so you're staring at this person in the mirror. (laughs) You're also staring back at yourself in the mirror. So you start to pick up on these cues of how people respond to you. And I would gauge a lot of my worth or validation or even like the reality of my words based on their response. And it's such a, (laughs) it's such a difficult thing to break when that's what you're used to. Because Mm -hmm. of course, in that profession, your end product, how they respond, it means everything. Because it's not how you think. It's not like, oh, I think your hair looks great. And they're like, well, I hate it. So, (laughs) right. You know, you have to constantly reevaluate like, what am I feeling? Who's saying it? Do I agree with it? Is it, I don't know. It's just difficult. It's yeah, so difficult. it's really hard. And my my mom gave me a goofy, t- not a goofy tool. It's actually a really cool tool, um, but it's simple. Um, when talking to yourself or or reciprocating something that someone told told to you about yourself, she goes, think, is it true? Is it honest? Mm-hmm. Is it important? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you know, many of those things, all of those things, I think I've said this before on another episode, but the acronym think yeah. if it isn't all of those things, then it isn't true for you. Yeah. 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 So not taking it personally, knowing that every, what everyone speaks is a projection of how they feel. And I read a quote the other day that said, even if it's a popular opinion, it's still just an opinion. Yep. Right? I love that. I know. Yeah. I know. Which is why I feel like 
I struggled in my classes because I thought my writing teacher hated me. I was the oldest person in class. I was a woman. He didn't, he was very standoffish to me. He was my age, by the way. Like it was a very strange dynamic. And he kept giving me low grades. And I'm like, wait, I'm, I write beautifully. What are you talking about? And he's like, I am not, I finally had to sit down with him because I was starting to take it personally. Like he just doesn't like me. There's just something about me that he doesn't like. Maybe it's because I'm a feminist, maybe blah, blah, blah. You know, all these, th- all these reasons we tell ourselves of why someone obviously feels this way towards us. Right. And I finally sat down with him and he explained, well, I'm asking you to write a certain way. Like you have to mention these things. You have to say your thesis this way. You have to construct your sentences like this. And I was like, oh, so it's a process. It's the actual technical. And he's like, well, yeah, what did you think it was? And I was like, nothing. Gosh, I cannot tell you how many times I've experienced something similar because my I let my own mind go crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I believe these things that I tell myself that this person looked at me this way because he feels this way about me, yeah. even though that's most likely not true, you know? Yeah. So that's the biggest one for me right now in this season of my life is paying attention to what I'm telling myself, you know? Mm. Do I have facts to back up what I tell myself to? Is there actions of these people that, you know, prove what I'm believing to be true or not true? Yeah. It's just so hard to... Cause you don't do it naturally, you know, naturally I assume these things about other people that they, or I take all these things personally, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but unnaturally I have to unlearn these behaviors and take a step back and dissect all the processes that I, that I took to make these agreements with myself. And sometimes yeah. I have to let go of them and create new ones. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about living independently of your own thoughts and other people's thoughts and just being, being present. Because if we're present, we're not making judgments. Right. We're just listening. And we're listening to listen and to learn. We're not listening to counter or interject or change somebody else. I mean, I guess you are in some ways trying to get people to feel something sometimes. But yeah. But the reality is you're, to take it personally is to put something on you that was never meant to be on you either. The projection of how other people feel about something or, yeah. or you or not, even if it's not about you, it's still a projection. And that's, that, yeah, that's for them to sort through, not for you to try to dissect and figure out, you know, you just got to do yeah. that for your own self. And when we talked about this earlier too, we were trying to decipher the difference between is this a projection of their words or is this their tone that we're having a hard time with? Because someone can say something absolutely cruelly to you and it feels painful. And so when we identify the tone of it, are we discounting the words? Are we putting too much emphasis on the tone mm-hmm. where we, we're not hearing the words because we want to look over here at the sound of it? Yeah. Or does the sound matter so that we can hear the words, you know? Absolutely. That's, um, that's something me and my girlfriend actually practice a lot because um, we, we both get pretty snippy with each other. We're <laughs> girls, you know? We get sassy and salty. It yeah. just happens. But we always tell each other if, it's, if you feel it on you, if you feel a weight, it's, it's worthy of being said. Mm. 
but how you say it is what matters, you know? So no matter what you're saying is worthy of being said, especially my, my girl, she's quiet. She doesn't talk much. So when she does speak, it's always holds so much value to Mm. me, you know? So I want to be able to hear everything she has to say. And I know she, you know, vice versa. So I need to be able to have a tone that she can reciprocate no matter what it is, even though I know it might be hurtful what I'm about to say. Or might come across, or she might receive it as hurtful. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I have to figure out a way to say it because it's A, worthy of being said and B, worthy of being heard. So I need to make sure I say it in a way that she can hear it. I think that's just so beautiful. If it's, if it's someone you love, if it's someone you care about, if they're carrying a burden of any kind of a weight, it's worthy of being spoken and it's worthy of being heard. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I mean, that's a, be- that's a beautiful, healthy relationship. Communication right there is to acknowledge that. What's up? You are listening to Court of Femme, a podcast for elevating the femme perspective here in North Idaho. This is Melinda, and I would like to give a special shout out to my girl, Rosa, at Be Kind Coffee. She is our dealer, our hookup, our coffee supplier here at The Hive. My personal favorite is her espresso dark roast called Buzz. It's smooth, zero bitterness, and hits all my spots. Well, most of them. Support local, support women-owned, and choose Be Kind Coffee for your next coffee experience. BeKindCoffee.com. Now back to the show. I definitely took some trial and error to figure out, but, and it it keeps happening. You know, it's always going to keep happening. We're always going to have those bad days where we just are exhausted and no force in the world can force us to be nice. Yeah. Like it just happens, you know, we're human. So it just, you just got to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael and I have been married 15 years and we still do this, but we've gotten to this point now where I'll even apologize the next day. Like I didn't mean what I said and I hope you didn't take that personally. And he just laughs like, of course I didn't take it personally. Nothing you say <laughs> is personal. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. Okay. Oh, I <laughs> cool, wish I had you. that strength <laughs> to tell myself that in situations, you know, how admirable is that to be able to say, to your own self, like my spouse said something she didn't mean. It's really hurtful, but it's probably not true. So I'm just going to sit with it. And, and then, you know, you came to your senses and yeah. it's like, you know, I shouldn't have said that. So to have that kind of patience with yourself and your own spouse, like that's something to work towards to be that yeah. way. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good like that. Like I think about all the times that I've taken things personally And he's looking at me like, are you actually taking this personally? I'm telling you about, we're talking math and numbers. How can you take that personally? I'm like, I don't know. It's always (laughs) the tone. It's the tone. The budget. Conversations about the budget. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm strictly talking about finances. There is no subjective tone in here and he's and I I don't get that sometimes I'm like well you mentioned something about avocados and I think you're trying to tell me Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a subliminal message in there I can feel it 
Was it those that. shoes I bought last week? Is this what this is really about? He's uh-huh. like, um, no, this is about math, okay? <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, that goes into our next episode when we start talking about assumptions, Ooh, but that's for, oh, that's for the oh, next gosh. one. That's for the next one. So um, when we, when Michael and I have talked about this too, like not taking anything personally, I really struggle with this and he identifies he identified a couple of reasons why I probably struggle with this. I was raised in a commune. I had a community of religious people around me all the time. We did everything together. We thought like each other. We spoke the same language and other languages. (laughs) And ever since then, it's like when you've been in those communities, communal living, um, I moved on to corporate position in a global industry. So there was always networks of locally and globally of people who were in your industry and on your brand. And so it feels constantly throughout my life, all these different ways that community has um, emboldened me and made me like feel like I belong. So to step out of those and do things in life independently, unaffiliated, it is a very isolating place to be. And I remember reading Brene Brown's um, Braving the Wilderness. And she talks about this. Everyone has to go through these moments in life where they are not affiliated. They are not in community. And they're just really owning themselves in as an individual in the world. Like just being there where it feels like you're isolated. And he's he was telling me um, that he never had that growing up. And so... He can see how that upbringing has caused me to really dwell on belonging and connection and different acceptance, which is why rejection feels like a huge disconnect. It's pain. It's deeply painful because of the root of communal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's one of the most painful things you can go through is having this sense of community your whole life, your whole upbringing. And then suddenly realizing that you think differently than all these people and you're outcasted. Mm. Immediately, like overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Overnight. So you have to figure it out on your very own. But I, you know, I did that on my own. I I moved out when I was 17. And when I was 21, I moved away to a town where I didn't know Mm. a single person. Wow. And I, in, in that environment, I couldn't take anything personally because none of these people know who I was. You know, so I had the opportunity to become Isn't that great. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it felt so good. I lived there for nine months. It was in, in Bellingham, Washington, and it was oh, cool. I was going through heartbreak and just you know, early twenties. You have no idea who you are. So yeah. I just packed up my little Subaru with everything I owned and my pet bunny and we moved <laughs> to Washington. And oh, sweet. just that experience of truly not like I said, not being able to take anything personally and having the opportunity to be whoever I wanted to be. And no matter what anyone said about me, didn't matter because I knew who I was in that yeah. moment. And, and no one could judge me because, like I said, they didn't know me. Yeah. And like you said, everyone needs that experience where they're they're forced to be independent and figure themselves out. Yeah. You know, so, so you don't have that fear of rejection. So you can go out there and do your thing and not have these judgments and people saying things about you or telling you how to do it. Mm, you know yeah you're just doing it right and if you think about resiliency too if you're constantly in community that's tight like that whenever anything painful happens you just get to slide back into the group of people that say 
don't worry, you're amazing. Don't worry about that. That was a lie. That, that was wrong. When really maybe there was something there you should have looked at, but you didn't have to because you have this, what we call an insulation around you that doesn't allow you to develop the thick skin you need for the next leg of your journey, or it's not developing you in your communication to ask more questions or respond to a situation in a way that allows you to grow. I think these insulated moments of our life, really, you can stay there and get real comfortable and just never grow. Never have to face things and never have to communicate about it. I think that can be very damaging to a person to just be raised and domesticated in a certain way. That's right. That's how Mm -hmm. he uses it. Don Miguel, he calls it domestication. Yeah. In in the intro to this whole book, that's what he calls it. And so many people are raised in the domestication and then that's all they know for the rest of their lives. They are so scared of change and growth that they just stick to what they know and what they learned. And, you know, depression comes, divorce comes, just people who are scared of growth end up, in my experience, I've witnessed them just fall apart Mm. because they were never able to stand on their own. Yeah. I remember when we moved um, from the city... (laughs) into onto 50 acres in Colorado and my cat was a house cat like his (laughs) whole life and we were terrified because we were living on this property with buffaloes next door um, a family of elk who lived on the land coyotes everywhere and I was like oh my gosh is our cat gonna make it so we didn't (laughs) let him outside for a long time because we're like no don't let the cat out he'll die (laughs) yeah I I see that logic then then when we did because he was he just turned wild and it was so cool to watch first he started bringing us mice and then he'd bring us a bird and leave it on the doorstep and then he started chasing the chickens and we're like okay and then like these coyotes would come around and he would just be in stealth mode i think he had a blast like i felt like he was really living when we lived out there yes Oh, that's such a great example for what opportunity lies for human beings. You know, just if you're like, he didn't choose to go to the forest. You placed him there. Right. So things are going to happen to you that are completely out of your control. So you can either make the best of it and become a wild thing and flow with it. Become a wild thing. Yeah. yeah, And do the things and just get her done and make it part of you because you're out of control of the circumstance. So how is this going to be part of your upbringing and your growth? You know what I mean? Because he could have stayed in. Yeah. He could have. I could open the door for him and he'd be like, hell no, I ain't going out there. There's coyotes out there. Right. Right. So he could have stayed inside where all he's ever known is comfortable and that's all he's known and that's good and he's going to be safe or he sees the beauty out the window and even though that's scary to step out that door (laughs) he did it anyways and it was the best thing he ever freaking did cats are rad aren't they are (laughs) they are they're so mine is so special he's my little wizard i have similar story long story short he we took him uh down to a goat farm And he lived on that farm with us for six months. And he'd been indoors his whole like baby kittenhood. And we take him to the farm. I was nervous as hell, but there was no way I was going to get rid of him. He had to come with me, you know? And he became the most wild thing ever, just (laughs) like that. He was climbing trees and playing with bugs. He didn't become a hunter necessarily. He's a little sweetheart, but 
he was having a blast. And isn't that cool to see this living thing that you've been caring for and watch them develop? Yes. And just step outside of these comforts for themselves and then yeah. you get to see them in a whole new light. It's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to do that with ourselves, right? Yeah. Like when we don't take anything personally, we cu- what he says is that we cut out a lot of suffering. We can suffer if people say we're this. We can suffer if we say we're this. Mm-hmm. So stop suffering. Right. <laughs> and you know, easier said than done. But I mm. think this book shows that it's possible. And it's a really easy guide to, you know, just checking your mentality and just remembering like, hey, I need to check in with myself. Are these things I'm telling myself true? Or is this person who is a prominent role in my life, are the things they're telling me, are they true? Are they, should I be taking them personally? Should I not be? You know, whatever it is, this, this book's a great tool for that. Yeah. Cause if you actually are, have one of those relationships, uh, friendships where you can actually keep going in difficult conversations, like you're both kind of like, let's keep going, keep asking why and keep asking why to Mm -hmm. get to the bottom of something. Most of the time you get to the bottom and you realize it has, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It just doesn't, if you can get that far. And then you really are faced with an issue, not a personality, not a person, not their being. It's an issue that you have a stance on. And then you get to discuss the issue and not the person. And it's beautiful. We, we, that's how we learn. That is so, so good. That is such a great point to it's, say. It's like the 20 questions. Yeah. I could ask you 20 questions. Why? And just keep saying why. And by the time we probably got down to number 10, you'd have a reason for something that actually is beautiful. And I would never know, but it's you're at your root, you mm-hmm. know, and had nothing to do with me. See, we just give each other. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing. Like I personally, I get defensive when people ask me too many questions because mm. I'm taking it personally. I'm like, what? Like defense, like yeah. you're having to defend yourself. Yeah. And he talks about that in that chapter too, is you get so defensive that you just, you know, you become this lost soul and you like, no one can even ask you questions or, or be part of your life because you take everything so personally that you're living in this hell of defense, you know, like the hell of defense. Totally. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I, I, I've gotten to the points where I, I don't even understand sarcasm. Like my girlfriend, she's <laughs> super sarcastic and she makes people laugh. Yeah. I cannot tell you like when we're on vacations and we meet strangers, like that girl is the most friendliest, funny person. But sometimes I just don't get her humor because I take it, I either a take it personally or I believe it to be true, even though she's just giving me shit or whatever. Yeah. And well, any, but not just her, like any sarcastic human, I'm just the most gullible person in the world. <laughs> so I take everything personally. So I'm working on it, but yeah. <laughs> it's That's so funny. It's funny. <laughs> you guys are so cute though. You have, you have Thanks. a really healthy, good relationship. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of communication, everybody. I know everyone beats that into your ears, but that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it, it works. It's not, there's no other way. There mm-hmm. really isn't. You have to talk things out. You have to keep talking about it and not taking it personally. Yeah. So I have this little, um, tag on page 55 if you're reading along um he says the mind can also talk and listen to itself the mind is divided as your body is divided just as you can say i have one hand and i can shake my other hand and feel the other hand the mind can talk to itself 
part of the mind is speaking and the other part is listening. So that whole idea of not taking it personally when you call yourself things and when you say things to yourself and it's for a purpose, right? You're wanting yourself to feel a certain way. So you say things to make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And that can be needless suffering also is when we don't have that clear perspective of this is just an opinion. This is just a perspective. Yeah. You know, the best thing that I've done for myself to cure that is mm. the self-talk. Cause I struggle with self-talk big mm -hmm. time, but I learned this, I think it just from someone on Instagram and I've seen a few other people do it, but mirror work when you're talking to yourself in the mirror, yeah, leaving yourself notes, really appreciating your body and just, just admiring yourself and only yeah. telling yourself positive things. You know, I, I do that pretty, pretty often. I know that sounds conceited, but I have, no. I have to do it. You know, I have to remind myself of the good qualities that I have because there is so much negative talk in my head that isn't necessarily true. So I have to, you know, perform a practice or a routine that shows me of my great qualities and reminds me that I do know who I am and what I'm capable yeah. of. Yeah. Affirmations. Yeah. It's so important because there is power in your words. So your words can turn the situation. It can turn your feelings. It can turn your emotions and help bring that light back into your reflection. Mm -hmm. I was telling you earlier that um, I used to have, I used to live alone with my daughter and it was just this very, there was a very lonely time. I was depressed a lot. I was home on the weekends at 22 when my friends were out having a blast and, um, at one point, I thought this was really desperate, but now I'm coming to, to see it as something a little bit more beautiful. But I used to lay on my side in bed and my on my left hand side. And so my left arm would be under my pillow and I'd reach my right arm over and just hold my own hand. And that to me was like, you're not alone. See, we have each other. <laughs> and sometimes it was just a light clasp of the hand. And sometimes I intertwined my fingers and squeezed my own hand. Like, it's okay. We're here. We're good. Like, whatever you need to do for yourself. And I still do it today. I mean, there's still some nights where he's snoring away next to me and I don't want to wake him with my pain or my drama or whatever's going on. So I just hold my own hand. I think <laughs> that is the sweetest, sweetest thing that you can do just because, you know, I've grown up any, any coaching I've received so often it's, you know, what would you, if you could go back and be with your younger self, how would you walk them mm, through this or yeah. whatever the case? And here you are holding your own hand in real life in your own reality. And I think that is such a strong woman thing to do. Mm. I love that. I love that so much. I think it also has to do, I think that left brain, right brain. It's like the meeting of the minds. It's like yes. logic and reason with creativity and dreaming. And yeah. you can, they're supposed to go together. They're supposed to, the left and the right are supposed to be operating together. They work together. They're king and queen. They're just, you know, and if we're not finding a way to meet them and connect them, then we're really suffering on one end or the other. It's an, mm -hmm. it's an or and situation instead of a Yes, and, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I this is a good that. one. This is a never-ending, never-ending practice because it just shows up in different ways in your life. And he says at the end of this chapter, if you keep this agreement, 
Don't take anything personally. You can travel around the world with your heart completely open and no one can hurt you. You can say, I love you without fear of being ridiculed or rejected, and you can ask for what you need. How many times do we not ask for what we need because we're afraid of how that person's going to take it? Are they going to see me as a needy beggar? Are they going to see me as... A nuisance. Irresponsible. A nuisance. Yeah. Burdensome. Yeah. You know? I've struggled with that since I was a little girl. I mean, I remember being fearful to even ask my dad if he would take me to the beach. Mm. You know, big deal if he says no. I will find something else to do. But I was just like, oh my gosh, what if he says no? What if he gets mad at me? Whatever. You know, but I've, and I've done that into my adulthood and it's the most difficult trait to unlearn, truly. Yeah. But we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. See? Yeah. And thankfully we have great tools to help us do that, like this book. Yes. Um, Yeah. So this is it. Agreement number two, don't take anything personally. If you have a story of how this book has helped shape you, a lesson you've learned from it, in some unique way that it's shaped your life, message us. Let us know. Share your story. And we will share it with people too so that we can all keep learning and growing together. That's what this is all about. That's what this book is all about. It's just continuing to grow and develop yourself as a human being. (laughs) A human being. Human being. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We are so happy to have you all on here. And we're looking forward to the next chapter in our book, which is, Melinda, I'll let you introduce it. The third agreement, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Okay. All right. We'll We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.